Welcome to Business Law and More, the podcast that's all about the journey, not just the destination. My name is Rena. I'm a lawyer, business owner, and managing partner of Cosbon. This podcast is for creative entrepreneurs where we discuss business insights, legal hurdles, and more to help you build a business and life that you love. Thanks for spending time with me today. Turn up the volume and let's begin. Today, we're talking about commercial property standard inquiries, also known as CPSEs. And I'm joined by Mitin Balsad, who is a trainee solicitor at Carterbond Solicitors. He's soon to qualify, actually. Uh, we're not sure which seat yet, but he's soon to qualify. And he's going to be talking to us about commercial property inquiries, what it means, why we need them, why there's so many different types. So, Mitin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You are all property. We all know you in the office as the property guy to go to. <laughs> Let's start off with the basic. What is commercial property standard inquiries? Commercial property standard inquiries are a comprehensive set of inquiries which help a buyer to understand the property and the interest that they're acquiring. A thorough set of replies helps facilitate a speedy conclusion to a deal. Okay, so these are just inquiries that a solicitor will raise basically to do with the property. That's correct. When you're selling, the buyer's solicitor would usually ask the seller's solicitor and produce response and CPSEs. There's several different types. The most commonly used one is CPSE1, which provides a general outline of the actual building, and that's the most commonly used one. You could also be asked to do a set of CPSE responses for the grant of a new lease or the assignment of a new lease, which are the most common ones to use. So then uh, CPSEs are not just used for acquisitions of commercial property, right? It can be used for, as you just said, grant of a new lease or assignment of a new lease, transfer of a new lease. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Usually what we would ask for if we were acting for a new lease, we would ask for responses in CPSC 7, which is a short form of CPSC 1. So that will essentially give you responses about the building and give the buyer information about the building. And then depending on if it's, say, a new lease, we would ask for CPSC 3. We would review that as part of our due diligence for the property. Okay, so that's interesting. So as a buyer's lawyer who requests the CPSCs, how many CPSCs are there in total? Because when somebody says, send the usual CPSCs, and I'm thinking, what are the usual CPSCs? Because there's so many of them, aren't there? Of course, seven types. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the most commonly used one is CPSC 1, and that's what we normally ask for. And when carrying out our due diligence, if it reveals that obviously there's commercial property, CPSCs are for commercial buildings, so it's commercial property acquisitions and disposals. So it asks for CPSC 1, but if it reveals that there's a lease also involved, granted a new lease or a surrender, we would ask for a CPSC 3 or 4. If there's a residential element, so if let's say you're buying a commercial property with a residential unit on top, there's also a CPSC for this, so that's CPSC 6, which is for a commercial tenancy subject to an assured short-hold tenancy. What was the seventh one? So the seventh one is CPSC 7. So it's basically a short form of CPSC 1. That's normally used if we know something about the property and it's not as comprehensive as CPSC 1. But ideally, you would want to get four responses to CPSC 1. Okay, so it's just a shortcut. That's right. CPSC 7. That's right, yeah. <laughs> it's where the lawyers are being lazy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> whether it's a purchase, whether it's an assignment or a grant of a new lease, you generally want the CPSC one? Most definitely. Why? So, Why would you want the CPSC one? So with a property transaction, or even a corporate transaction with a property element, the onus is always on the purchaser to carry out a thorough review of the property and spot any potential issues. I think it's summed up by the Latin principle, caveat emptor, which means basically buyer beware. So when you're acting for a purchase, 
it's important just to be as comprehensive as possible and just to investigate the title in as much detail as you can. Okay, so CPSCs are requested whether the title is registered or unregistered, is that right? That's correct, yes. If it's an acquisition, you will always ask the seller solicitor for the seller to complete and response to CPSCs. Got it. And then the CPSC ones, does yes. that kind of deal with requesting things like EPCs, fire risk assessment, all of that as well, boundaries and so on? That's correct. It goes into a lot of details. As you said, it talks about things like boundary features, it would talk about the safety of buildings, so it would request things like the EPC to make sure that's compliant, fire risk assessments, asbestos, and there's also a tax element, which obviously as lawyers, we can't really advise on. So we would normally suggest to clients when they're completing CPSCs to also speak to their accountant or financial advisor to deal with the tax elements of the CPSC form. That's a really good point, actually, because usually CPSCs are thought of that it's just commercial property inquiries, which the lawyers and the clients answer. But as you mentioned, there is that tax element. Is that the capital allowances? That's correct. So when okay. you're purchasing a property, we would be interested in things like the VAT, whether the property has been opted to tax, and capital allowances as well. And to be honest, we can't really give that much advice on it because our knowledge is limited but we would like to know as much information as possible. So we try to liaise with your accountant or financial advisor quite early on throughout the transaction. That's really interesting. So these inquiries are quite thorough from what it seems. They're very thorough, but I think the way to look at it, if you're a seller and you're completing CPSCs, is that the most, more detail you give and the more information you provide, it will just make the whole transaction a lot smoother, a lot quicker. And it would just mean that the purchaser on the side will raise fewer inquiries in the future. So I think you get what you put in. So if you want a nice, speedy transaction, then just try and put as much detail as you can. The funny thing is that we just talked about how detailed they are. And a few times I've seen CPSC replies come back and say, rely on your own inquiries. Not as far as we're aware. Very wishy-washy replies. <laughs> and I've read it and I thought, hang on a minute. You're telling us to rely on our own inquiries, but these actually are our inquiries. <laughs> exactly. So I think you have to be quite careful in the terminology used when responding to it. If it does turn out that you're making misrepresentations or not being fully honest or not even just putting as much time or effort into the CPSCs as you should, then the purchaser, they could obviously, they've got the option to pull out and they could obviously somewhere down the line see for misrepresentation, so put in as much detail and try to complete the form as best you can. So even though they're called commercial property standard inquiries, the replies really shouldn't be standard. Exactly, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's really interesting. Is there anything else that you've come across in your experience that the listeners would be interested to hear? So at Carterborn, one of the things we do assist our clients when selling a pharmacy, dental practice, commercial property with completing the CPSEs. So what we would normally do is we would normally have a phone call with a seller and just run through the actual content of it, which makes completing the actual forms a lot smoother, a lot easier. But I think it's just helpful when a client or someone you're speaking to is quite engaging as well. So I think that's one thing that's helpful. And it's just helpful as well if they've got these things to hand. So things like EPCs, fire safety report, asbestos services, if you've got those things to hand, it makes it a lot quicker as opposed to having to commission these things, which obviously you'd have to hire a surveyor, you'd have to get them into the property to commission it. It just delays the whole transaction. So if you do have these things ready to hand, it makes the transaction a lot smoother, a lot quicker and just more comfortable for both the seller and the purchaser. And I suppose the takeaway 
with that is if, if you have a client or somebody who's looking to assign a lease or sell a property to approach their solicitor and be proactive and say we know we need to reply to some inquiries what are they likely to be and can we have them so we can make a start on collating the information Definitely. So I think that's one of the first things we say at Carpet Bond to our clients. We say, have this to hand your fire risk assessment, your asbestos report, your EPC, any planning permissions that you might have. And as I say, that's quite a lot of the documents that you require as part of the CPC. So it makes completing it a lot easier. Brilliant. Thank you, Missy. That's been really helpful. And I suppose just going on from there, it would be good to do another podcast with you to talk about what is required, like EPCs, fire risk assessment, and for different sectors as well, because we know for some of the healthcare sectors, they require legionnaire disease tests and whatever it is, and et cetera. So it'd be good to have you back. Definitely. That sounds good. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Bitsu. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Business Law and More, a Cosbond podcast. Before we go, if you enjoyed the podcast, please follow and subscribe to the show, share the podcast or tell a friend about it, leave us a review and stay tuned for more next week.